0: I see so many people having problems with dogs in their facilities. And when it boils down to is the real reason that it's often attributed to is they're just not assessing dogs properly when they come in the door. So let's change that. It's time to become the Overdog. All you dog businesses, get ready to level up. This is the Overdog Podcast. Hello again, my dog-loving peeps. How are you? It is great to have you back here for another episode of the Overdog Podcast. Now, this is normally where we talk business. This is the place where we help you grow your dog business with all kinds of different techniques and tricks and just basic marketing fundamentals and stuff. However, this episode and the last episode we did are a little different in that we're going to be talking about dogs specifically that is something i am also well versed in being a dog behavior consultant for 15 or so years and working with a lot of daycares and just helping you know using the skills that i have to help you manage the dogs in your care now last episode we talked about how to manage a pack. And if you haven't listened to that yet, you can go back um, after you listen to this one and check that one out too. That'll help you to understand how to handle the dogs once they're in your playgroups. But we're actually going to go backwards and talk about the dogs before they go in your playgroups. Maybe I should have had this episode first, but it doesn't matter. It's all good. So today we're going to talk about assessing dogs, all right, and how specifically you can better assess dogs in your care so that you're making sure you're getting the right dogs. Often when I'm called in to do an on-site consulting, um, they show me these dogs and I'm like, who the hell let this guy in? Like, this dog is not a right fit for this environment. Um, And the thing is, you should know that ahead of time, okay? So to... To make sure you're educated, we're gonna. I'm gonna give you some, some tips on how you can maybe change the way you're assessing dogs that come in. Does that sound good? Now, as always, I don't pretend to know it all. Okay, uh, I'm just one guy. This is my opinion. You may have other assessments that serve you very well. You may uh, disagree with some of the things that I say or whatever. That's that's totally cool. Um, just take what what's useful and just leave the rest. Okay, but I never you know, tell people that I'm some, you know, expert though, the be all end all. There's a lot of good information out there and there's a lot of good ways to do it. This is just mine. All right. So first thing about assessing a dog coming in is actually not about the dog. It's about the customer. Okay. Because the human part of this equation is important as well because you're going to be dealing with them and they will give you lots of clues onto what the dog's going to be like long-term, all right? So the first thing you have to do before you even look at the dog is interview the human, all right, the customer, all right, the human counterpart here, all right? And you're gonna ask them some questions about the dog, okay, so number one you wanna do is ask how much socialization has the dog received and how early has they received that socialization? early socialization will be the biggest indicator of if a dog is going to do really good or not so good. All right. If they've been socialized early as a puppy, and I mean early, okay. Uh, my puppy clients, I used to get them socializing at, at like eight weeks with other dogs. Okay. And I know that's taboo for a lot of people who listen to their vets, but um, socialization is the single most important thing we need to do. doesn't mean we're going to go to dog parks at that early age, it means we need to do it safely, but it has to be done because it is very time sensitive. We run out of time if we wait too long. So I want to know, did they have that early socialization? Because if they did, they're much, much more likely to be good with dogs as an adult. If they haven't, then I'm like, okay, how much off-leash interaction have they had with dogs? And you have to really say that off-leash because a lot of people think socialization is just sniffing butts on my walk around the block. That is not socialization. That does not count. Socialization needs to be off-leash. Dogs need to interact normally, okay? They need to be you know, in each other's space. They gotta get used to that. They gotta, they gotta navigate those commun- those intimate communications. So, and if a lot of people say, oh yeah, we did that as a puppy, but then they haven't had any encounters off-leash for a long period of time in between. All these things are things to note. Nothing they say is like an automatic disqualification. It's just I'm like, okay, these are little red flags. If I find out they haven't had socialization for a while, or maybe not properly early on, I note it. Ultimately, I just look at the. We're going to look at the dog eventually, but these are all things to take into account when you're assessing a dog. And then you're going to ask, um, how are things at home? How do they behave at home? And here is where people will give you the general, oh, pretty good. Um, So you want to get a little more specific and make them, because a lot of people will try to glance over some behavioral issues, but when you directly ask them about something, they'll feel guilty about like straight out lying to you. So you're just like, okay, um, do they chew up anything in the house? Um, Do they jump up on guests? Is there any separation anxiety? How do they react when you leave? Um, All these things are important because they're indicators of how they're going to do in your care, All right? Now, definitely it's a different environment, but Behavior is habitual. So behaviors they have at home are going to translate often into your playgroup. And the thing is, you know, it may not show up right away, but I want to know this stuff so I know kind of what to look out for With as we're, you know, kind of giving this dog a chance over the next couple of days and maybe weeks. Specifically, want to know, is there any resource guarding? Okay, are they grumpy around their food bowl? Do they guard toys, bones, and stuff? Because that is like a... a Definite no in a play group if there, are any, if there are resource guarders do not do good in play groups just because you never know what a dog is going to decide to guard, okay? I've seen dogs guard some weird resources. So if there's any resource guarding, again, we'll see what the dog does, but I'm going to be really careful because um, you never know when a resource will be presented and that dog will get really grumpy, okay? So those are the kind of questions you want to ask as you're interviewing the customer. Okay, then the next step is to observe the dog in your lobby. Lobby. So while you're asking the owner questions and stuff, your eyes are always following what the dog is doing. Okay, before I put them in with any other dogs, I want to assess how do they feel just being in this weird new environment with lots of stimulation. Okay, and I'm looking for any kind of sensitivities. Um, do they seem like they're a little nervous? Um, is there any signs of of anxiety or overexcitement Um, do they does like a door slamming startle them Um, does the people coming in and out cause them to either charge the people excitedly or maybe uh, kind of shy away Um, we want to note these things because this is going to give you a sense on uh, if the dog has any possible triggers or you know things that might be a concern once you get them in the group all right because if they're Overstimulated or really anxious, there without all the chaos of the pack around, uh, we're gonna go really slow. So that may alter how I, you know, how quickly I move this dog forward in the assessment process to get them integrated into the group. All right. Um, also, you want to give them a little time to settle in. All right. Odds are they've never been there, and it's kind of a unique situation if they've never encountered, you know, a daycare um, environment it can be kind of weird. It's a lot of stimulus uh, stimuli assaulting them. So you want to give them 10-15 minutes just to settle in into that environment before you take them to the next step. So typically I say okay, why we're asking questions of the human, we're letting the dog settle in and you're observing and you're just just noting things. All right? Again, nothing is a, an immediate you know yes or no, but these are all things to note cuz that'll carry over to the next step and as more red flags appear then we have to make a determination if this is worth trying or if this is right for the dog all right so then all that goes well you question everything's good the dog is settled in there's no immediate signs that the dog is not a good fit then and, and by by the way when i say a good fit that is different for everybody okay it depends on your environment you know depends on what you're capable of handling so it's, uh, it's a very personal uh, thing to you. So one person may have a different idea of what, what's a good fit. One daycare may take these kind of dogs and one daycare may not. And that's all okay. You decide, you know, and just know your environment and know what dogs do good. Don't take dogs you know are not a good fit. You're not doing anybody favors, okay? Especially the dog. So I we always got to be the, the dog's advocate. Okay, We're trying to do what's right for the dog, ultimately, regardless of if it's, if it's right for the owner or for you. It's got to be what's good for the dog. So don't take dogs you know are not a good fit. All right, so everything looks good. Then we're going to choose an ambassador. So this is a dog in your pack that is just a super chill dog. Gets along with everybody, seemingly. He is interested, playful, but not... Too over the top, raising the dog's face all the time. He shows a little bit of respect for a dog who's uncomfortable. Uh, so, every dog, every group has the dog like that. So, pick your super chill first dog because you want this to be an easy dog. You don't want to start a, a dog off on a super hyper playful dog with a lot of energy that's going to be right in his face, okay? We want to set him up to succeed. Again, this is a, an environment they may never have been in before. So, you're going to pick a nice easy going dog, one of your regulars. And you're going to bring them in a room together. Typically, I let the new dog off-leash. Or I maybe in the beginning, I'll have them both on-leash. Um, but uh, just trying to see what happens. And then I'll kind of let one leash go, let the other leash go, and see how they do. Okay? So you're going to uh, watch the dog's body language. Okay? So it's important that you understand the signs of, of a dog being uncomfortable or a dog being a little bit more assertive. Um, if you're not... If you haven't gotten any, any education in dog body language, I really, really um, kind of recommend it. And I do cover this in my dog, uh, the Overdog Staff Training, which you can find over at OverdogDigital.com. Um, there's a, a tab there for staffing. Um, so I go for all of that there. But you got to understand what to watch out for. You got to know, as a general rule, the more wiggly a dog is, the more relaxed. The more stiff and still, the more tension. And that is never good. Alright, so you're trying to get them to move around a little bit. And you're watching for a lot of stiffness, a lot of staring, those are warning signs. The more movement, the more wiggly, those are good signs, okay? Now, and we're looking for dogs to give lots of calming signals, alright? Again, this is something that you should be training your staff on. So calming signals are little devices that dogs have to tell each other that we're friends and we're all cool here. They're to, they're designed to alleviate conflict. So. Uh, some common calming signals will be lookaways. So like dogs don't make a lot of sustained eye contact. That could be a confrontation. So you'll see dogs just looking for a little bit, then glancing away, glancing away. Those are calming signals. A lot of times they'll do a full body shake. That's a calming signal. Um, they'll lift their paws. Again, all the, the calming signals are, are mimicking movement because that's what relaxed dogs do. So we're looking for a lot of those. And then you're just trying to gauge the level of comfort of this new dog. Are they a little standoffish? Are they um, really just playful and get in there? Uh, We're trying to see what happens. And the thing is, not every dog is going to progress at the same level. okay? And that's what I think um, a mistake that a lot of daycares make is they have a one-size-fits-all type of thing. So they have every dog go through the same process the same way at the same timeline. And some dogs... Are going to be able to they're super friendly they've been used to daycare before and they can cruise through this other dogs are going to need a lot of time to adjust and these dogs can do great in daycare if you're just giving them the time and creating the environment to set them up to succeed so these dogs that are showing a little little apprehension here they might need a little more time so i may leave them with that ambassador dog a little bit longer so instead of making this last five minutes they may be with this ambassador dog for 20 20 25 minutes until I see them relax then once they relax we're ready to go to the next step if they're not relaxed either we have to say this dog is not the right fit because we can't even handle the easiest dog just one of them or we have to say okay this guy needs to come back a couple of times and do the same thing to see if they loosen up all right um but some dogs may need more time now let's assume everything goes good all right the dog seems totally cool everyone's comfortable okay so they pass the ambassador dog check now you're going to add another dog in this dog is still not really crazy high energy maybe a little bit more playful or excitable than your ambassador dog or maybe it's just a similar chill dog but we're just going to add another one We're gonna bring that dog in and we're gonna do the same thing. We're gonna see how they work, see how they assess. That goes good. I'm gonna bring a third dog in, okay? And gonna do the same thing. And then as the dog does good, I start upping the level of the energy or the craziness of the dogs we're bringing in. Then we're gonna bring your goofball in, who is just has no idea of real personal space and he kind of just runs over and wants to play all over let's see how he does with that dog he did go with the easy dogs what about a dog that's going to be in his face a little bit all right and you're just going to keep adding one dog at a time one dog at a time and until you're getting to like that three or four you know uh four or five dogs everything's going good awesome then maybe now it's us just try to integrate them into the pack depending upon how big your group is uh, you might do the same thing when you get to the main group. The thing about dogs is, just think about it, if, if you were in a new place with people you didn't know, and 30 people charged you to shake your hand at once, uh, it would be a little bit overwhelming. And you'd be like, all these people in my face, I feel really uh, uncomfortable, uh, I need my space. So think about a dog who comes into a play group and 30 dogs go to sniff his butt. All right, that's a bit much, okay? So what I like to do is hopefully, what I usually recommend is you have a little foyer area You know, that's uh, separating the main pack from the, you know, separating uh, the, like you have a door, a little foyer area. That's like your decompression spot. So you let the dog in there, all the dogs charge, you get all crazy, and I let the energy die down. And that's where I'll let one dog in, or I'll have the ambassador dog or two in there with him. And then I kind of let one dog in the foyer, let them sniff. And then I let another dog in the foyer, let them sniff. And I made them let those dogs who have sniffed out again but I keep letting one dog in again. This depends on the comfort level of the dog. If the dog is a little uncomfortable or shy, I'm definitely gonna do this. I'm gonna let one dog in at a time, let them sniff, get to know each other, and then I'm gonna let the daycare dog in, keeping the new dog in the foyer. And what is I'm, once dogs sniff each other, they, they've, kind of, they've kind of met, they have an understanding, and they kind of move on, okay? They don't need to go meet that dog again. So if everyone sniffs them one at a time, or let's say three quarters of the group come in and sniff him one at a time then when I let him in the group everyone is not charging him because most of the group already met him so you're just going to get that handful of dogs that haven't kind of introduced themselves to come in their face so that's one of the ways I liked I like to do that Um, if you have a really shy dog a lot of times if like say they're boarding I would put them in the play group first so they're the first dog in there, and then I'm gonna let one dog in at a time, starting with the friendly dogs, ambassador dogs, so that he the, the new the dog who's a little uncomfortable gets to meet one dog at a time. And by the time the crazy dogs come in, there's a million dogs to meet, maybe not a million, you know, there's a, there's a group of dogs to meet, and they're not just focusing and single out, singling out him. Okay, so that's typically how I do it. Now let me talk about some warning signs, some things you need to watch out for. Um, when you're when you're doing your assessments and stuff, um, so this is warning signs about you know the existing dog, the dog you have, you know you're, you're assessing. Um, one overexcitement. Okay, dogs make really dumb decisions when they're excited and aroused. So if the dog is just so giddy to be there, a lot of times they will make really poor choices, and they're gonna kind of do some stupid things and piss off some of these other dogs so overexcitement is a bit of a warning sign may not be a deal breaker but it's it's going to be something you're going to have to manage um, anxiety obviously if this dog is not comfortable and this is probably one of the things i see the most because if dogs are not used to a daycare environment early on um, it's it's a crazy environment okay it's a lot of sounds a lot of sights a lot of stuff assaulting them So if I see anxiety, that means we got to go slow. But if a dog is really anxious and I I feel like, you know what, we're just doing more harm than good. We're just increasing his anxiety level. Um, This is not the right spot for him. And you may not know that just during the assessment. You may have to say, okay, let's try him out for a day and maybe pick your quietest days, you know, in the afternoons when the dogs are a little more tired to start him out or maybe on a weekend when there's less dogs and then see if they improve over time. And I have had... Uh, clients with anxious dogs that I recommended daycare to and they were very uncomfortable in the beginning and over time they really got used to the environment but it had to be a a slow gradual process. Um, uh, Look for bullying. So dogs that are like just in each other's in other dogs face and kind of um, like a lot of like I call it the fun police like barking at dogs you know. Uh, That's a warning sign because again you never know when how dogs are going to um, just Put up with that, you know. Um, Look out for uh, possessiveness. Um, You know, if there's any resource guarding, if they're possessive over anything, and that could be a person too. You know, it could be the person in there. If they become possessive over that, or maybe a bed, that to me is a they're not a right fit. And uh, just lack of tolerance. Okay, so maybe they have a short fuse when dogs get in their space, or when dogs start playing. You know, just the energy around around them, they're not even involved in it, but the energy makes them uncomfortable so they you know, they get in there and they start you know. Um, lack of tolerance because there's nothing more unpredictable and volatile than a group of dogs. They're gonna play. They're gonna get fired up. So if the dog doesn't have a, a a little bit of tolerance for that energy and stuff, and if they're kinda like overreacting to a lot of that, uh they might not be, you know, a good fit. And you have to think about that is not Every dog is a good fit for daycare, okay? Um, and that's okay. It's nothing against the dog. It's nothing against your facility. It's just it's not the right environment for everybody, okay? Some dogs are better at home or with one-on-one play dates. Um, so now if your facility has the capability of doing that, of doing you know one-on-one time with dogs or taking them out to do some training or a little bit more enrichment-based, you might be able to cater to those dogs. But um, some dogs, it's not the right fit. And when I'm trying to, you know, explain to a, a person why their dog, you know, is being not allowed to go to daycare, I always I always emphasize that this is not the right place for them. They are not going to do well here. This is not good for them. You know, it's it's always about what's best for the individual dog, okay? And also, one dog can affect the entire group, okay? So... If uh, if that one dog is causing problems in the rest of the group, a lot of times what I'll see is um, there's like a crazy the dog the dog group is really crazy and they're just all over the place and they're not listening and they're just feisty and they're gonna all charge up. If I remove sometimes one dog, the entire dynamic changes. Okay, dogs who were originally you know acting out and misbehaving are now good, and I find that just the one dog was the catalyst for that. Um, so that's the dog that's probably not right because it's, it's the, the pack is a, is, a, is, a, is a kind of like a, a unit in itself, and we got to do what's good for the pack, all right, not just the individual. It's never about just the individual. So it's good, for, it's definitely about the individual dog making sure what's good for them, but then it's got to be what's good for the pack as a whole, all right, and not every dog is going to be good in that setting, and that is totally okay. And if you explain it to people like that, Usually, their understanding because you're just trying to do what's right for the dog. So, if you have a, you go through this assessment and a dog comes through with a bunch of red flags, and you're not, you're on the fence, you're not sure. I don't know what to do with this dog. So, you have to ask yourself: um, Are you equipped to handle with some problem dogs? Okay, you know, are you in some some places? Are is your staff equipped to handle it? Are they? trained enough to be able to take care of a dog that requires maybe a little bit more attention? Is your daycare system set up to handle dogs? Okay, and if it is, which is good, then you can, I always say, you can do like a trial period, okay? So we're not sure about this guy. We saw that he had this problem, this problem, this problem. So we're gonna give him a try. I like him to come on this day when this staff member's here or when the pack is like this or whatever you know it is. And we're going to try him out for two weeks. And we're going to see how he goes or a week, you know, and then we'll see how it goes. I would maybe start a week, you know, if he comes a couple days and then make an assessment. Say, okay, no, we're going to give him another trial for another week. He's still not really where we'd like him to be, but we want to give him a shot. Um, So he can kind of be on a, like a probation period. I wouldn't call it that to the customer, but that's what we're doing, which just means you're being extra careful with him. And maybe you're integrating him not into the full group, but maybe you're slowly trying him out to see if he settles in and he has kind of like the, the potential. Um, you're seeing that, okay, I think we can work with this guy. I think we can handle him. Um, I will say that when everyone hires me to come in and you know do some consulting, they always bring their quote-unquote problem dogs. They want to say, okay, the friend's coming. I want to see this guy. And I will tell you 100% of the time when they have done that, I tell them what they've already known. They already know it. They already know what I'm going to tell them because they've labeled him a problem dog, and it's always come back with me saying this dog is not a right fit here. He should be. He should go. Um, this is not the right place for him um, because you named him a problem dog. Like, what are you going to do? You're going to wait for something really bad to happen? You know, the warning signs are there. Um, so don't don't wait for a dog to actually bite another dog or to injure your staff or something. If there's warning signs there, listen to them, okay? And what I like to have is a very standardized procedure. I like the three strikes and you're out type of rule. You know, we're going to give dogs chances. Um, so you have a specific behaviors that if this happens, it's a strike, okay? And when the dog gets three strikes, regardless if we love him, regardless if the client is great, he's not the right fit, okay? Because then it's, it's it's not arbitrary, it's, it's systemized, and you say, okay. We gave him three shots what do you need because a lot of times i'll see this dog has gotten 20 tries 20 chances like how many chances does the dog get (laughs) um before he's the you know before we realize that this is not the right fit so again you're not doing anybody any favors by keeping a dog you know is a problem in your daycare and what i always tell people is there's plenty of dogs for everybody in this business and that that Bad problem dog. I'm want to call him a bad dog. He's just not. He's not bad. He's just not right for this daycare. Um, so that problem dog is taking the spot of a great dog. Okay. So you can replace him with a good dog that doesn't require all this effort and management and the potential of things going bad. So don't keep dogs in your daycare that you know are not good fits. You're doing nobody favors there. All right. So there you have it. That is my kind of two cents on how to do assessments. Um, Take it, uh, run with it, use it, just like everything else. You know, take what you like, leave what you don't. But I think we have to be very intentional about the dogs we let in there because I find to to get a a daycare running really well, really the two sides of it is making sure you're taking the right dogs and making sure your staff is trained properly. Those two things in place, you can have a lot of dogs there and everyone can have a lot of fun without problems and stress on your part, all right? So give it a shot, see how it goes, and try to improve your onboarding process. All right, we did it. There you go. Another episode down. I love them as always. Thank you so much. I am uh, always grateful for your time here. I appreciate it. If you'd like a little more help with your daycare, just reach out to me. I would love to work with you. Um, I get, I I really, I'm, I'm not just saying it. I really am passionate about, helping helping you guys uh, grow your businesses so i'm excited to work with you if it's uh if it works if it's a fit so reach out to me and we can schedule a call to see if that's the case otherwise guess what i will see you here next week so in that time i want you to go out and continue to build your epic business all right take care If you'd like some help with your own digital marketing efforts, just reach out to me at overdogdigital.com forward slash contact, and we can schedule a time and we can get together, chat, and see if I would be a good fit to help you out.